trying to build here and the type of success we're looking to, to have and, and hopefully sustain. I'm not worried about the outside noise or what, what people are writing about, what people are saying. When we step on that field, we're ready to go to war for our brothers. Raise up, three, one, two, three. It's unnecessary roughness. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. You tell them one thing, you tell them just win, baby. And that's what we're doing here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just win, baby, on this July 3rd, 2023, the eve of the great, the late great Al Davis's birthday. Of course, he was born on the 4th of July, and we'll be celebrating that as it's Independence Day, so there will be no local radio here uh, on Raider Nation Radio 920 tomorrow, but we'll be celebrating Independence Day with our families and friends, and of course, uh, realizing what the day symbolizes and what it uh, means to the great Al Davis, again, born on the 4th of July. But welcome into another edition of Unnecessary Roughness. Again, here on Raider Nation Radio 920, my man Ari behind the wheels of steel in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio and uh, have a long, have a big time show uh, lined up for you this afternoon. I'm excited about the show. I hate the fact that we're off tomorrow. Uh, I like to build up momentum and keep that thing rolling, the train rolling throughout the course of the week, but I get it. Right. It's Fourth of July. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, vacation time that we have in between now and when football season gets started. And if you look at the calendar right now, it's July 3rd training camp. The first day of practice will be on the 26th. So we're 23 days away from the start of training camp. And I heard this on the way to the house today that the first football game of the 2023 season will start. 66 days from now. Like when you put it in that kind of perspective, 66 days, I thought, wait, what? 66 days, we're already at that stage of the game. Sooner rather than than you know it, sooner rather than later, we'll be uh, at Allegiant Stadium. We'll be at the Torch. We'll be doing the pre-pre-show. We'll be doing the pre-show with JT and Eric Allen. We'll be watching the game. We'll be hearing uh, the sounds of uh, Lincoln Kennedy and, of course, Jason Horowitz. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about Raider football and Raider games. So uh, it's a good time to have a good time. It's very hot. A lot of folks uh, were complaining or talking about the fact that Vegas hadn't had a 100-degree day. Well, yeah, it's here. (laughs) It's here at full throttle now. So uh, if you were missing it or complaining about it, uh, I don't know what you're complaining about because now it is on and popping, very hot out there. So stay hydrated, stay safe out there wherever you are. If you're in the Vegas area and it's hot or wherever you happen to be listening in, and, of course, you can always listen to us worldwide on the Raiders mobile app. It's right there on your phone. Look at the Raiders app. You click on radio, and boom, it's right there. And I know it was down and dealing with some issues uh, back when I was on vacation, uh, but I believe all those issues have been taken care of, and so now everybody should be good to go by way of the Raiders mobile app. And, of course, tune in radio. You can always check us out, and then L- lvsportsnetwork.com. That's our website that you can uh, sign on there. Just click on R&R 920 AM. Coming up at 2.30, our good friend from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and the RJ, Ed Graney. He'll join us. He joins us each and every Monday for the most part at 2.30. He'll join us. We'll talk all things silver and black again, 23 days out from the first day of practice. Want to talk some Josh Jacobs with him. Want to talk about some Raiders defense. You know, how much pressure is going to be on the coaching staff as far as Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham go heading into this season. And by no means am I saying that I think that, you know, a coach or two are on the hot seat. But 
just for the most part, you've got to find ways to win games. It's always great to build. It's always great to, you know, to, to, to make that foundation, you know, is that lay the foundation and have something to, to build on and all that other good stuff. But at the end of the day, man, the NFL, it's a win or lose league. And so you've got to find a way to win games, especially when you're winning games. You've got to find a way to hold on to that win and uh, seal the deal. Uh, unfortunately for the Raiders in 2022, they did not do enough of that. So Ed Graney will join us at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, uh, Mike Pritchard, he was part of the morning tailgate this morning with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown as Vinny Bonsignor is on vacation uh, this, this week, and he'll be back with us next week. But he was on, as he is every Monday, does a great job. He was on at the 8 o'clock hour, and it was a really good interview. And he said something that really caught my attention about the beginning of the season for the Raiders. And I do believe that the Raiders uh, start to their season as three out of their four first, ga- three out of their four first games are on the road. I think that that's going to be such a huge stretch of games for them. I mean, that can just about make or break a season, right? You get out to a a really bad start, then all bets are off, right? So those first, you know, four games are going to be critical. They they always used to look at it, and I'm sure they still do, even though there's 17 games, always used to look at that as the first quarter of the season. You know, you break it down into like a football game, the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and the fourth. Well, the first four games are the first quarter, and they're tough games on the road in Denver on the road in Buffalo, return home to play Pittsburgh, then travel down the road a little bit to take on the Chargers. None of those games are going to be easy. So he said something that really caught my attention about the first two games. So at 3 o'clock, you'll hear what what Mike Pritchard had to say, and then we'll talk about it, discuss it as well. So that's coming up at 3 o'clock. 3.30, Andrew Erickson, FantasyPros.com. He'll join the show and talk pretty much all things Josh Jacobs. Uh, he put out a tweet earlier uh, today that really caught my attention. I want to ask him about it when it basically said that Josh Jacobs had 393 touches in 2022, which is great for him. It turned into a really great season, by w- but why that might not be great for him moving forward. So Andrew Erickson will join us again. Fantasy Pros, I'm not a fantasy football player. Uh, I never have been one of those guys that have been locked in on fantasy football at all. But I understand that, one, so many people are locked in on it, and, two, what it means and that you can get a little something-something from it as far as stats and, and numbers and kind of production. And, you know, you can get a good idea. And a lot of people pay attention to fantasy football so they can keep up with the entire league as opposed to just one team in the league. So Andrew Erickson, FantasyPros.com, will join us coming up at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock. My good friend Chad Dewing from Rip City Radio. Rip City! He is my guy. Uh, I talk to him all the time. And it's been a long time, actually, that I, since I talked to him. But I used to talk to him all the time when I was at ESPN Central Texas. And we used to always talk Portland Trailblazers all the time. And he would come with something uh, you know, witty or clever at the end. And he always would yell out, Rip City! Or, show me your blazers! or some, It was always something that we took away from that conversation. And we always thought it was funny. He's just that kind of guy. So Chad Dewing will join us at 4 o'clock to talk all things Dame Lillard as he has requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. And this rolled out about Saturday morning. And it's funny, I remember doing radio Friday night on, uh, on ESPN National Radio, and we were talking about NBA free agency and everything that was going on with that. We were talking to Brian Windhorst, and we asked about Dame Lillard and the fact that, well, he hasn't requested a trade. What's the chances that you know, he ends up uh, out of Portland. What's the chances that he plays in Portland in 2023? And Windhorst stands straight up that day. Well, I'm actually surprised he hasn't requested a trade yet. I thought he was going to uh, request a trade on Monday. So when he said that, myself and uh, Rob Stats Carrera, who I was doing the show with, kind of looked at each other. We started talking about it really the rest of the night and said, okay, 
Uh, obviously, he didn't just throw that out there just to throw that out there. So obviously, something's coming down the pipeline sooner rather than later. And lo and behold, when I was sitting at the barbershop on Saturday morning, all of a sudden the report from Woj came in that Dame Lillard has formally requested his trade. So uh, there you go. Uh, obviously, he wants to go to Miami. Uh, he wants to team up with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, those are his, his guys. Uh, I would like to see him there. Uh, but I've seen a lot of pushback. I've seen a lot of Trailblazer fans mad that Dame wants out. He spent his whole career in Portland, right? I mean, he's been there. He's been very loyal to the city. Uh, he's done everything. I mean, he's a guy that eats for free in Portland all the time just because of what he means to that community. But at some point, you know, he's, he's going to want to have an opportunity to win. And not only that, and I'll ask Chad about this, obviously, when he joins us at 4 o'clock, I don't think this was just a Dame Lillard thing. I believe, and this is just me, I believe that the organization probably came to him and said, hey, Dame, we need to move you, but we'd rather you request a trade than us just go ahead and trade you. I, I honestly believe that there's more to that than there is like Dame really wants out because they are in a position where they're not going to win anytime soon. And they just drafted Scoot Henderson. He played with the G League at night right here in, uh, in Las Vegas, so that's really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see him, what he's able to do on the next level. Really good player, obviously. Uh, drafted number three overall in this past NBA draft. But I just think that they're looking at it like, hey, we need to – try to get this thing turned around and the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we can get some assets in return for Dame Lillard who is their obviously their biggest chip that they have to trade and get something from that so that's what my belief is again we'll ask Chad doing coming up at four o'clock about that but we'll talk all things Dame Lillard uh, if he's going to end up in Miami if he's going to end up in Philadelphia if he's going to end up somewhere else what it's going to cost to get Dame from Portland. So those are the guests that we have. Ed Graney at 2.30, Andrew Erickson at 3.30, Chad Dewing from Rip City Radio at 4 o'clock. We'll also hear from Mike Pritchard coming up at 3, what he had to say on the morning tailgate this morning, and then we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day at 4.30. And, of course, throughout the course of the show, we'll also hear from you, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Got Plenty of different subjects to talk about on the show today. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. I do a podcast with him every single morning called Locked on Bets. He had a little something-something on Joey Chestnut and the hot dog eating contest, which I'll say it right now, it is not the 4th of July until you watch the hot dog eating contest. So you'll also hear what he had to say about uh, Joey Chestnut and the over-under as far as uh, him eating hot dogs in tomorrow's contest. I'll just tell you right now, 73 and a half is the number that's thrown out, which to me is just disgusting. And Ari, I'll start with you. I'll start with you. You're in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down. Is there anything that you could eat in excess of, you know what I mean, like out of, out of, that's more than no. normal? <laughs> not like that. Not like well, these no, guys. 70, no, 73 and a half is insane. But is there anything that you just really like? Like you're a big fan of certain food, and you're like, man, I could eat, I could eat a lot of this. Yeah, I mean, probably chicken fingers and fries, something like that. Um so hmm. how many chicken fingers Can't. do you think you could eat at, at one time? <laughs> Dude, like, I don't, like six. I am not, I'm not good at, at like, I eat very small portions kind of and just spread out. Yeah. So, like, I'm not great at, like, killing. And I'm also the guy that pretty much any entree I get anywhere, anytime, I'm, like, I'm going to have to take it home or, like, split it with someone. That's, that's just me. Uh, candy, on the other hand, though, probably cookies. I could probably go hard. I'd probably finish think so? certain. Uh, How many cookies do you think you can get? Like, I like some of the fancier cookies, and they have such little. So, if you give me like a mint Milano, there's 15 of those, and they are so expensive, but I could probably kill that. Okay. A glass All right. of milk. So. I like that. I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple that, that I have. Uh, back in the day when I was young, man, we used to, um, we used to go to Sizzler all the time. My mom used to take me to Sizzler sometimes, and I would always get the, the all you can eat shrimp. 
and uh, and I think they had steak that went with it. But I I wanted nothing to do with the steak at the time. One, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I wanted Ooh. nothing to do with the steak at the time. I really didn't become a steak guy until I went to Texas. And then all of a sudden I became a steak guy, and now you can't get me to, to not eat steak. But we used to go to Sizzler, and I used to try to break the record for shrimp, to eat the shrimp on the all-you-can-eat shrimp. And Ari, I'll promise you, I don't know where that record even came from. It was just something like I fabricated in my mind. But every single time I went and got that, I was like, I got to eat more than I did last time. I got to eat more. So I would literally just sit there and pop, 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 just pound those. I don't even know if they have Sizzler anymore. But I used to pound those, uh, those shrimp, and, and I would bring another plate, bring another plate. Bring another plate. Like, that was that was my get down. And I don't know what I ever topped out at, but I just thought if there was going to be something I could be the world champion of eating, <laughs> it was going to be the shrimp from Sizzler. What kind of number? You don't even have an estimate? Like I think I got 20, up to like 30? 60 at oh, one point. But that's wow. all I ate. I ate nothing else but the shrimp. That's... Like, I didn't, I didn't have the bread. I didn't eat the steak. I didn't have no salad. Mm. I barely had anything to drink. Like, I just was like, bah, bah, and I had to just eat them and just wow. pound them. And they started bringing, like, what? I think 20 was the first plate. Then they'd bring you 10. They started, you know, peeling back a little bit. They're like 10, Then, 10, they're, then they're in the 10. back. Like, did I you see say, that guy? Right. <laughs> I want to say I got up to a, a pretty high amount, but they're, they're not big. So it's not like I'm doing anything Joey Chestnut style. But that was always my thing right there was, uh, was shrimp when I was a kid. I could go to Sizzler and eat a lot. Now, the other thing, and I'm not a big candy eater. I mean, you know that. I don't eat a lot of sweets. I just That's just not my get down. I don't know why. But the one thing that can get me candy-related is those damn almond rocas. You know what I'm talking about, almond roca candy? Is that like the Jordan almonds? The little No, it's, it's, it comes in a can or it can come in a box. It's like a pink box or whatever, and it has a, like a gold wrapper on it. Anyway, when okay. I was working at the grocery store, uh, Lucky's in Pleasanton, California, I, when I was working in the meat department, my, uh, the, the meat – the meat cutter, I was the rapper, he was the cutter, uh, Richard D. Agostino was his name. He introduced me to these things called almond rocas, and we worked at the grocery store. So just let's, let it be known that we didn't really pay full price for them. I'll just leave it at that, right? So he used to go to the candy aisle and bring the almond rocas back to the meat department, and we would eat them, and he would like – I felt like I was like a fiend or something because he'd give me one, and then all of a sudden I'd eat that thing real quick, and then he'd say – Man, you got you to appreciate it. You can't eat it that fast. So I was like, all right. And so then I grab another one. And the next thing we know, man, we look up and, like, the whole, like, can of almond rocas were gone. So if you give me that, and, and my man Vegas Jess and his wife Michelle, they actually gave us a, a, big, um, a big container of almond rocas, I believe, for Christmas. Nice. And I think I just finished it because, I, like I said, I eat candy really slow. I'm not that guy. But, man, it takes, like, everything in my power to not just go and <laughs> and just all in on almond rocas because that's one candy that I do love. Right. They look fancy, too. I've never seen or heard of these before. Are you serious? You've never yeah. had almond roca? I guess I'm just not as fortunate as some people, Keith. What are you missing <laughs> out on? I, I don't know. Is it a West Coast thing? It's like I'm no. very much – I am very into candy. So, like, I, How I are wanna, you going to say is it a West Coast thing and you live on the West Coast? Uh, because I was born in the East Coast. I'm just trying to rationalize how I never heard of these. Me being – candy is on my radar. I'm in. Like, I can't I'm believe usually, you I'm don't know I'm usually in your position saying I can't believe that. I was – that's – Wow. Yeah. So, well, now wow. I know. Well, that's that's one question I that I'll throw out there today. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Please let me know that you know what almond rocas are. Like, I hope I'm not on an island by myself because these things are are fantastic. I remember one night I mentioned it to Freddie Coleman when I was doing Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and he was like, "I've never heard of them," and I thought it was just him. But uh -huh. he's. A, I mean, maybe it is a West Coast I'm in thing. Good company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good company to keep.
I just I, I thought everybody knew what an Alma Roca was. So, okay, so mm-hmm. Raider Nation, let me know. I, I hope you know what an Alma Roca is. If not, if not, go to the store right now. Like, keep <laughs> listening, but go to the store right now and pick up a can of Alma Rocas. You will not be disappointed at all. They are fantastic. They're individually wrapped, so you don't have to get your hand in there and get all messy, right? You just put your hand in there, take a couple, put it in your pocket. I be, uh, Trust me, after you eat one or two of them, mm. you're coming back for more. There's no doubt. They're like that thing. It's like Girl Scout cookies, how you can't go Ooh. walk away from them. Peanut butter Girl Scout cookies. I have some still in the fridge, and I, I got them hidden because I, I know what they will do to me if I start eating a lot. I try not even to make eye contact with the Girl Scouts <laughs> at the store. I'm telling you. Right. Because once you, make eye yes. con- yeah, once you make eye contact with them, they're, it's over. Yeah. They got you. Yep. Would you like some? No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I look <laughs> away fast. No. I tell, I tell the wife and, and daughter and, and little Q, I'm like, don't even look in their direction. They're there. Don't do it. And then they'll look and go, oh, look, Dad, there's all – damn it. Yep, it's over. And the best part is they used – a long time ago, I'm dating myself here, but there was a time when, you know, you could really only pay cash. And so it's, ah, you know, I would, but I just don't have any cash on me. Sorry. Yeah. And not anymore. They'll now take, it's like, they take oh, we everything. take Zelle. We got cash out. We got this. Like, yeah, yeah, it don't matter. They're like, I got the cube right here. You can run your card. I'm like, damn. <laughs> By the way, you could add that. Girl Scout, the Thin Mints, that is something I could take down. Oh, uh, I know a lot of people too. that love them some Thin Mints. So, yeah. anyway, as you could tell, we've got plenty to get to <laughs> on today's show. Again, my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Ed Graney at 2.30. Andrew Erickson at 3.30. Chad Dewin from Rip City Radio at 4 o'clock. Plus, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So there's been a lot of conversation we've had lately about the Raiders and the expectations for the 2023 season, and a lot of us, including myself, are not too sure exactly what to expect from this team. Of course, we'll get a better idea once we, uh, you know, get to start to see what training camp looks like and see some preseason games. And even then, that's just a small sample size. You really don't know until the games start in September and probably through the first quarter of the season before you really get a good gauge on what you believe this team will be. But some of the conversations I had over the weekend, and I always enjoy having conversations just kind of off the record with whoever, you know, just any, any random, you know, Raider fan or someone who, who knows me and knows that I cover the Raiders and talk about the Raiders on the daily, who start having conversations. And so I actually stumbled into a couple conversations this weekend about you know the the Raiders and the, the chance of them being a good team and it's, and it's funny everything that I keep hearing is they could be a really good team if Jimmy G stays healthy and if the defense comes together and then I've heard conversations to the point where it's like maybe even one or the other and I, I think that they both have to happen for the team to be really good and have an opportunity to be a, a team that goes like the, the Detroit Lions, you know, like they kind of were looked at and overlooked and all of a sudden they're making noise. Even though I'm not a firm believer in the Detroit Lions, they still win and won nine games, right? There's a bunch of teams that you kind of look at like the Jets last year. You know, all the only problem they had was a quarterback. Now they have their quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, so all the expectations are high, but the defense was good. And it was really good, and the run game was solid until uh, until uh, my man went down with the ACL. Uh, Brees Hall went down with the ACL tear. So you expect them to be good now that they have a quarterback. So I kind of looked at it and thought about it and have gone back and forth, and I stumbled upon this question. What is it that you have more confidence in and why? The Raiders' young defense coming together and complementing the rest of the team or Jimmy G being available for 17 games? Because, again, 
I, some have said that one or the other has to happen. I believe that both have to happen. And obviously, I think that the offense is going to have to really come out of the gates uh, clicking on all cylinders at first and, and give the defense a little bit of time to gel. I'm more intrigued, honestly, and more interested to see what the defense is going to look like because, again, I do think as there's so much youth on that side of the ball and even guys that are brought in in free agency like a Marcus Epps, uh, a Robert Spillane, uh, a guy like Brandon Faison, Duke Shelley, you know, uh, uh, David Long, guys like that, uh, w- once they've been brought into the mix – I feel like that they could end up being a better defense than a lot of people expect. I mean, when I see everything national or even I'm talking on the radio and people start asking me questions nationally, you know, they always say, yeah, well, the Raiders defense isn't worth the salt. Like they they haven't improved any. And I keep having to correct them. I'm like, no, they they've added a lot of players. They're just not names that are wowing anybody. Right. The only big name that they added on defense is Tyree Wilson. And that's by way of the draft. But they added a, a lot of, you know, bodies and a lot of players that have a lot to prove on the defensive side of the ball. The question is, and, and really the gamble that they're taking, is can they gel? Can they come together? Can Patrick Graham put the pieces together and make it work, right? I mean, similar to Josh McDaniels, he has his, his guys now. It's not like he's picking up the pieces that were there and he's trying to make it work. Now he's got his guys. So I think there's a lot of pressure on him to show that he can be a competent defensive coordinator and he can get things start to turn around. Things don't have to be changed overnight. Right? I'm not saying that Rome was built overnight. I know that's not the case. But you've got to see something. You've got to see that defense be competent. So how quickly can they come together? So that's why I throw the question out there. What is it that you have more confidence in and why? The Raiders' young defense coming together and complimenting the rest of the team or Jimmy G being available for 17 games? And Ari, I know that you're not you know, deep diving as far as uh, all things silver and black, and you're not sitting there at Pro Football Focus and studying all these guys and getting all their ratings and all that other stuff. But just in general, as a sports fan and a football fan, what would you have more confidence in, knowing the history of Jimmy G and knowing what the Raiders' defense looked like a year ago? Uh-huh. I'm going to go with the defense. I I'm, I might be falling prey to the you know the narrative that Jimmy G is never going to set foot on the field, but it's it's hard to like ignore, especially from the sources. Like a lot of people that really know what's going on, kind of are leaning towards that. So yeah, I'm gonna. I also do have faith in the defense. It looks uh, it looks good. It looks like they're and I think like some of the newer guys are going to push some of these older guys to kind of step their game up. So. That's Lord what knows I think. they need it. So. Yeah, no, that, that's what I think. I do think that there's going to be a lot of competition in training camp starting in, uh, in 23 days. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, competition, and there could be some guys, some young guys on the defensive side of the ball that get in early. I'm not saying get in week one against Denver on the road, but I do think that they can find their way to get some early action in this upcoming season. And, you know, they're going to, like I said, push for, for jobs. But I, I'm, I'm just – I'm interested to see – I mean, again, I hate to try to – to bank on, you know, a guy that's been injury prone to to not be injured, right? I mean, I, I want to give him a clean slate and say, hey, man, it's just it's a it's another year. You know, he's taking care of himself. He'll be ready by the beginning of training camp. But it's also hard to say that when he's not available right now, <laughs> right? If training camp were to start today, which it doesn't, to his credit, it doesn't. So he doesn't have to be available right now. But it's just it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. So if I'm picking one of the two, like I said, if I'm choosing which one I have more confidence in and why, I'm going to say that the Raiders' young defense will come together sooner rather than later. But with that being said, I'm thinking it's going to be in the second quarter of the season. I think it's going to be a little bit of growing pains. And again, remember, the first few games are very difficult. And three out of four of them are on the road. So it's not going to be easy just out the gates to all of a sudden have that defense turn around. I do think a guy like Marcus Epps, 
who could kind of be a glue guy on that defensive side of the ball. I think that that's going to help. I'm interested to see what the, the outside corners look like, who is, who's manning those positions, who's going to be the slot corner, what do the safeties look like. Uh, the linebackers I look at right now, and this is no disrespect at all, but I, I look at them as the weak link of the team. I really do, until proven otherwise. I know Divine Diablo has an opportunity to be that guy. He was doing really well last year until he got injured, and then he missed the rest of the season. So can he come back a little bit bigger, stronger? Can he come back and, and fill that void? Can Luke Masterson take a step forward in year two? What about Darian Butler? Right? I mean, there's, there's guys that can get it done, but you're also, again, all these names come with questions. Can he do this? Can he step up? Can he be healthy? Can, I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of question marks, and it's hard to really gauge a team when you have so many question marks. And, again, I think that these two factors that we're talking about, you know, what, what do you have more confidence in? They both have to work for this team to be able to really surprise some folks in 2023. Like every single year, all right, there's a team that goes from worst to first. Every year. Sometimes there's two, right? There's a team that is piss poor the year before. Then all of a sudden they step up and you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Where did that come from, right? And I'm not saying that the Raiders are going to do that. I'm not. I mean, anyone who, who, who has listened to me for more than these last 24 minutes realizes I don't, have, I don't know what to expect from this team this year. But I do know that every year that that happens. So I'm looking at the Raiders' offense, and, and this is my argument for Jimmy G. Healthy Jimmy G, that offense could be really good. I, I, I do believe that there's not a, a team in the league that they can't score with with that offense, with the healthy Jimmy G. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I have no problem saying that. Now, I said that last year about the Raiders' offense as well, and I thought that they were going to win 10 or 11 games because of that. This year, I'm just going to say with the healthy Jimmy G, they can score with anybody. They absolutely can. I, I don't see a team that they look at, oh, man, there's no way that they can score like that team. I think that they could put up 30 points in a game. They, they, I, put, they put all the pieces there. I mean, right. honestly, if, if you didn't know about injuries and certain things, I mean, the, the plan looks good. I will say I know there's a lot of negativity surrounding what's going on. Right. But, I mean, they're making – they've made tons of moves. They're, yep. You know, the Jimmy G thing's unfortunate. We'll see what happens, but – yeah, I mean, that's just the positioning big, that, themselves. That's a huge question mark, right? It's, it's always going to be a huge question mark until proven, proven otherwise. But then on the other side of the ball, again, the defense has got to be better than what we've seen and really better than what we've seen the last few years. They've got to be able to make plays. We call it all the time. We say it on the show. We've said it on podcasts. We've said it nationally. They've got to be opportunistic, right? They're not going to, I'm not saying that they're going to shut teams down and hold them under, you know, 300 yards or whatever like that. But they've got to make plays when plays are, made, are there to be made. Simple as that. If, if it's causing a turnover, if it's getting off the field on third and long, if it's being disciplined, you know, if, if, it's, if it's just an opportunity to, to uh, you know, to, to put themselves in good position, like receive a punt or whatever, and, and don't, don't shoot themselves in the foot, don't make those stupid mistakes that they've been known to make. They've just got to be able to be, like I said, be good and be better than what we've seen in the last few years. So, Raider Nation, I throw it out there to you again at 69187, keyword r so don't be broke.com text line. The listener line when we don't have a guest is 702-365-9200. What do you have more confidence in and why? The Raiders' young defense coming together and complimenting the rest of the team or Jimmy G being available for 17 games. Ed Graney from the RJ and ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He'll join us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. I don't care if it's a morning game, a night game, but my pregame routine is a, a, some spaghetti, some bolognese, 
and maybe a cool blue Gatorade. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where, what time the game is. I'm going to have some pasta and, and meat sauce. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Chandler Jones right there talking about a little game day ritual, eating spaghetti. No matter what time the game is, I guess no matter what the weather is. That's funny. That's interesting to me. I can't eat spaghetti. I, I'm very... I'm very picky when I eat spaghetti, and I can eat spaghetti when it's cold out, but when it's hot out like it is right now, no thanks, right? I'd rather just throw me some cold noodles at me, and I'll be good to go as opposed to eating spaghetti. It's just too too hot for all that, but hmm, there you go. Chandler Jones, you know, his little game day ritual. But then again, football's played between September and February, so I guess it's not blazing hot like it would be right now. But with that being said, let's go out to the phone lines and welcome in our good friend Ed Grady from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and, of course, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Ed, let me ask you this, man. Uh, is there any food that you can eat that you could just eat and eat and eat? Because the hot dog eating contest is tomorrow. So uh, Joey Chestnut, his over-under for hot dogs is 73 and a half. Is there anything that you feel like some, some food that you, you would enjoy and eat a lot of? Well, I'll tell you what. I just took the trash out to the uh, out to the curb, and there's no way spaghetti's going down me right now because <laughs> I think it's one thirty-two out, and I think I almost fainted. Right. Uh, so there'll be no spaghetti tonight. Uh, maybe ice cream. Ooh, that's yeah, a good maybe, one. Maybe, especially in this weather. Um, chestnut, chestnut's amazing. Um, I don't know how he does it. I don't really want to know how he does it. That's another thing that you don't get into. Right. Uh, how you do that, um, but. Uh, I watch it every year. It draws me every year to watch it. I'll be up tomorrow morning at 9 watching it again. You and me both, brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not the 4th of July until you actually see the hot dog eating contest as far yeah, as I'm concerned. exactly. That's kind of the main thing. <laughs> that is awesome. How was, uh, how was your time off? My time off was amazing. It, it really was. Awesome. Uh, being able to spend some time with the family. We're all in Hawaii having a great time. Uh, being wow. as far away from work as possible. Somehow I still got roped into work, but that's okay. It's another subject. Uh, but, yeah, oh, it was no. it was fantastic, man. You know how it is to get a little R&Rs. You got some uh, uh, time coming up soon. You didn't, uh, you didn't, you didn't do shows in Hawaii, did you? No, no, no. I didn't, oh. I didn't get roped into that far. But okay. every once in a while we got the person in the building that's going to email me because they don't realize I'm on vacation or, well, they just don't yeah. care. Okay, because <laughs> I was going to say, you do 40 shows a day. Right. You needed, some re- you needed some rest and relaxation, my friend. Yes, yes, I did. I got it. I'm, I'm back. I'm ready to go. And, you know, we're, we're 20, what, three days away from the first day of uh, Raiders training camp. Before that comes up, it's going to be the 17th. That is the deadline for Josh Jacobs and the Raiders to get a long-term, long-term deal done. Uh, do you think that happens, or do you think he ends up playing on the one-year deal? I think he. I don't think they're going to budge. I, I think they've kind of put their foot in the foot in the sand, foot in the ground, and they they want him to play on this deal. So, you know, again, he. I don't think we talked about this last week uh, with Demont. I don't think that because he doesn't have a contract, I don't think he's open to those fines. Right. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Now, when you're open to those fines, then it's like okay, then you got to make a decision fast because it's so much money. Um, so he might wait it out. Um, you know, I hope for the team's sake he doesn't because they really, you know, they need him. Although you and I have talked about getting Zamir White more carries and seeing what you have in Zamir White. Um, but they need Josh Jacobs, so you hope it can be settled. But if I had to guess today, he eventually plays on the tag. Do you think that's week one, or do you think he might hold out into the season a little oh, bit? Man. I would hope for their sake it's week one, Q. Um, it just depends. You know, he's got those cryptic tweets coming out all the time. So, yeah. you know, um, I, I don't know. 
how much those are meant to, you know, tell the Raiders, you know, the way he's thinking. I'm sure they know already because I'm sure they've had conversations with the agent and they know where they each, each side stands. Um, but you'd hope that he'd be in before week one. Um, they need him. Uh, there's no question about that. Like I said, uh, uh, we've talked about other running backs they have, Zamir White, you know, Amir Abdullah. You know, you've got guys like that there, but they need Josh Jacobs a lot. This this offense, and, you know, you don't know what Jimmy G status is going to be. Right. So you really need the running back. Right. There's no doubt about that. Again, Ed Grady, ESPN Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Review Journal is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I wanted to go to Jimmy G next, and the question I threw out there for Raider Nation is, what is it that you have more confidence in and why? The Raiders' young defense coming together and complementing the rest of the team or Jimmy G being available for 17 games? <laughs> Well, seeing as how I think he's only been available for 16 games before it went to 17 once, yep. um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it might maybe be the young defense. Um, uh, now, I don't know if that means the young defense is going to be overly good, right. but I just think you know the history of Jimmy G is what the history is. I think one time, like you said um, there with me, that he's he's been able to do this. Mm-hmm. So if it's you have more faith in everything, I guess you got to put your faith in the young defense and you know some of these new guys they have to get better uh they have to be better defensively um i don't think you know i don't think it can go the other way um they have to be better so i would say the young defense coming together more than jimmy g playing a full season i just i can't sit here and with all any kind of certainty say jimmy g's going to be available the entire season Right, that's where I'm at. I, I am 100%, and I said that the defense as well, them coming together. And, Ed, they don't have to be lights out. They don't have to be the Baltimore Ravens, you know, back in the day. They don't have to be the 85 Bears. They just got to be better. And, and I think by, you know, week five, week six, they should start. If they're going to be good, they should start to show signs of at least starting to come together and understand. Because coming out the gates and being on, on the same page is really difficult to do. Yeah, it is because they do have some young guys, but young guys who are really, really good. Um, you know, how, how will Tyree Wilson fit in there? How will others fit in? But by week six, you want to have something going there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, don't want, you don't want too many weeks to get away from you, uh, especially since we don't know the health of Jimmy G. Right. So, but, if, you know, with 17 games, if by five or six they're, you know, they're much improved and they've got things going and the young kids are stepping in and playing well, that could be a good sign, you know, for the rest of the season. Um, you know, you and I agree on this. You know, they, they just have to be better defensively. It's no, it's no secret. We're not breaking the you know, news there. Um, but if they are, and for whatever reason, Jimmy G can stay healthy, then, you know, that number, that over and a half, that over under number might, you know, you start thinking it could shade over. Right. But those, those are two big ifs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that the offense has an opportunity to be really good as long as yeah. he's healthy, right? I think they, they can compete with anybody in the league. But, again, he's got to be out there and he's got to be available. The defense, yes. to me, has got to be able to make plays. Ed. Like, that was the thing yeah. to me. Again, they don't have to be lights out. They've just got to be able to make plays, you know, get off the field on third and long, create a few turnovers here and there, make teams settle for field goals a few times as, as opposed to touchdowns. That kind, of, that kind of production and that kind of effectiveness, I feel like, can go a long way and even get – like two or three more wins. Yeah, I mean, you need a big, you need a big season from Trayvon Moore. You yeah. need from people like that. You know, you need Nate Hobbs and you know guys like that, Faison and those guys to make plays on the back end. Um, you know, I, I think you know, I actually like their linebackers. I like Divine Diablo. I mean, I like Masterson, Splain, people like that. But you're right; they need to make plays on the back end, and wh- that's one thing they haven't been able to do is create those turnovers. Right. And those are such huge, huge deals in the NFL to get the ball back and get it to your offense. And I agree with you. Let's say Jacobs comes in and Jimmy G's healthy. 
with their, you know, with their, uh, um, wide receivers. And, and, you know, if the rookie tight end can step up, um, I think they have a chance to be a really good offense, but you're right. You can't be a really good offense if you don't get the ball back once in a while. No doubt. There's no doubt about that. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review-Journal is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So as far as head coach Josh McDaniels, how much does he need to improve or show that he needs to improve or has improved in 2023 as opposed to what we saw year one with the Raiders? Well, they went 6-11, and 11, um, right. and it all starts with him. So he has to improve a lot. Um, it's the responsibility of his and his coaching staff to get these guys better, their defensive coaches to get these guys better. So I would think, you know, now again, we're going to see if this cliche about familiarity works out with Josh McDaniels if he has a guy like Jimmy G, you know, who he knows and has worked with and the whole thing about familiarity and Carr didn't have that familiarity and all that stuff that we've heard about with Josh McDaniels. So if Jimmy G's healthy, maybe we'll see that quickly and maybe, you know, the offense will run smoother and, you know, obviously Josh McDaniels will look better the better the offense is, but he's got to be better. You can't. You know, you can't be the head coach and go six and eleven and say you can't improve. Right. So he's he you know, he's he's number one on the list. We're talking about Jacobs and Jimmy G in this defense. It's Josh McDaniels. He's responsible for all of this. Um so yeah, he he has to be a lot better. And, you know, the health of the team will dictate that. If he can keep everyone healthy, you know, usually a coach looks really good if they're all healthy. Right. You know, I mean you, you know, and, 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 and especially his quarterback. And you know, if Jimmy G can be healthy and play well, then I think Josh McDaniels will look a lot better. With that being said, on the other side of the ball, you look at Patrick Graham, and, you know, he's got his guys now. Just like Josh McDaniels has his guys on the offensive side, he's got his guys on the defensive side. They went out and brought in specific guys in free agency. They went in and drafted specific guys in this past draft. How much pressure is on him to get that defense to be an uptick or a couple upticks better, as we mentioned a little earlier? Oh, a lot of, a lot of pressure's on him. They have to be better. Um, and, and, again, defensively it starts with him. Now, everything starts with McDaniels. Right. But, you know, Patrick Graham has to be better. And you're right. They went out and got guys. Um, he seems very confident, in, you know, in the times he's spoken about this. Um, you know, he got, uh, in, I think, in their minds, hopefully a difference maker up, up front uh, with Crosby uh, in terms of Tyree Wilson and Chandler Jones. If Chandler Jones can bounce back and eat a lot of spaghetti and, you know, uh, <laughs> have the kind of year that people thought he was going to have last year. But there's a there's a ton of pressure on Patrick Graham. There's, I think there's a lot of pressure on all these coaches. I mean, mm-hmm. I, now Graham and McDaniel stands out because one's the uh, head coach, offense coordinator; the other's the defense coordinator. But all these coaches have to be better. They have to be better than six and eleven. You know, it, it starts with them and, and 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 getting these guys in and improving their their craft and, and working with them. So I think the coaching staff needs to be better as a whole. And if they are, and if they stay healthy, I'll be interested to see it. I'm I'm more fascinated. You and I have talked about this. I'm I'm. Because I think we know what they have in Jimmy G, and you know the whole, the only question with him is his health, and you know, and obviously I think it's interesting what happens with Jacobs, but I'm far more fascinated defensively mm-hmm. because I do think, like you said, Q, if by week five or six, if they can be better, uh, if they can be improved, and that offense is clicking, then you know they've got chances to win games that maybe people look at the schedule right now and don't think so. Yeah, I mean, every year, Ed, there's a team that goes from worst to first. And I'm not saying the yeah. Raiders are going to do that, but there's always a team that steps up and surprises you and say, wow, I didn't see that coming. If right. if things work out in the right favor for the Raiders, they easily could be that team, but they got to have a lot go in their favor for that to happen. Yeah, they could, and you're right. They have to have a lot go in their favor, and it starts on the defensive side uh, of stopping people. And you, you, I know you've made this point often. It's the best point. They've got to get the ball back. Yep. They've just got to create turnovers. They, they can't be a team – that doesn't create turnovers, especially with the offense they have, if it's clicking, um, get the ball back, get the ball to the offense. 
hey, someone's got to do it, right? Someone's got to go worse to first. Um, right, exactly. And, you know, I mean, if 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 they do everything that right, and, and that's right, it's a long way from that. Um, we don't know what they're going to be like defensively, so it's a long way. But, um, you know, they're they're in a hard division, um, uh, especially with the team at the top, as we know. But, uh, I like I said, I, I think if the quarterback's healthy and they improve defensively, I think there's going to be games where people don't think they're going to win that they're going to have a very good chance of winning. I agree. You know, the, look, the Lions were piss poor for plenty of years, right? And they went out and won nine games a year ago. So, I mean, there's, yep. there's any, anything is really possible. But, again, you've got to have a lot of things go in your favor. Yes. Final question for you, Ed. Uh, in 2021, the Raiders won all the close one-score games. 2022, they lost them all. Is there a possibility just by, just by a numbers game that they should start to even that thing out where maybe they can win like three or four or a handful of those games this year? Well, that could make the difference of, like we said, shading over or going to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they – I, I, I watched that season. I covered that season when they won all those close games. And then obviously we saw what happened when they didn't win the close games and what the record was. So, you know, if, if the defense is better and, you know, Jacobs is in there and Jimmy G's healthy, you know, that can be worth – you know, we're talking, what, three points, three points in those games? Right. Um, when, you, when you lose and, and win the close ones. So I think if all that works out, they can definitely win those close games. Like I said, that could be the difference between six and nine wins, seven and ten wins. I mean, people don't realize the margin for error in that league. And You know, coaches talk about it all the time, the parity of that league and the margin of error in that league. It's so razor thin, you know, thin close that if you can just get over the hump two or three times, all of a sudden you're looking at a wild card instead of being six and 11. Right, exactly. So, I mean, again, it's a long way to go. There's 23 days until the first day of training camp. There's uh, 14 days until that uh, that deadline hits for Josh Jacobs to get a long-term deal done, and I believe it's about 66 days until the first game of the 2023 NFL Man, season. So, it's you've gonna... got your you've got your math going. <laughs> yeah, I Jeez. do. It's gonna be My here so- <laughs> sooner rather than later, Ed. You know how that goes. Yeah. We'll, we'll be out I'll give, there. I'll give you a number. I'll give you a number 111 because that's the degrees at my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Well, Ed, what are you working on, man? Before we let you go, what are you working on? Uh, did some uh, um, a story I liked for tomorrow on an aviator's kid named Cody Thomas who's tearing up the minor league. Mm. He used to be the backup to Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. Nice. Uh, but then he went the baseball route and uh, summer league coming, so we're going to start focusing on some summer league hoops, and I know I'll see you out there. Yes, I just got my credential approved. I saw the request, the email come through while we were talking. So, yeah, we'll be out there, man. We'll make it happen. Uh, summer league's coming up this week. Great. Ed, thanks so much for your time, man. Definitely appreciate you. Enjoy your 4th of July. Thank you, buddy. Thank All right, appreciate you. you. Yep, there he goes. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, the Review Journal. Check him out on Twitter, at Ed Graney, and is with us each and every Monday around 2.30. Does a fantastic job. One of my favorite guests that we have each and every week, so I definitely appreciate Ed and his efforts. 2.46 at the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out hour number one, just like that. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Snap on first and goal. Pitch to Jacobs, racing left. Breaks a tackle. Leads the ball forward. Touchdown, Raiders! Josh Jacobs wouldn't be denied again. And he has his fourth rushing touchdown of the year. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Josh Jacobs there with his fourth touchdown of the 2022 season that came against the Texans. You heard Jason Horowitz on the call right there. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 
Unnecessary Roughness, my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We'll actually be talking about Josh Jacobs coming up around 3.30 with Andrew Erickson, FantasyPros.com. So we'll deep dive into Josh Jacobs and the expectations for him in 2023. We've been throwing the question out there on the Don'tBeBroke.com text line and the phone line as well at 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. What is, what is it you have more confidence in and why? The Raiders' young defense coming together and complimenting the rest of the team or Jimmy G being available for 17 games? We got a text from the 707Q. I feel there's a better chance the Raiders have the number one overall defense this season than Jimmy G playing over 10 games. That's from the 707, and I wouldn't go that extreme. Uh, again, I just when I talk about the young defense coming together, I'm just saying them being able to play complementary football. The good thing about them and what excites me about the defense is that they are young. It's not a bunch of veterans that are on their last leg and they're just signing contracts with the Raiders to get one more paycheck. It's guys like a Marcus Epps. It's guys like a Spillane. It's guys like Faison that are still at a, at a reasonable age, right, and they still can get better. I think Marcus Epps still has a lot of room to grow. And then you saw what they did in the draft by going and getting six guys on the defensive side of the ball out of nine. And then, of course, they had undrafted free agents as well. I think those are the, the type of guys that Patrick Graham and company want to help build up and, and gel. I think that they can be better, right? And they don't have to be. In this kind of a, a league, the way it is, it's a passing league, it's a scoring league, it's, it's all that, whatever you want to call it. I just believe that they have to be better, competent at times to, to stop the other team when it's right there in front of them. Like I said, the third and longs, um, you know, when it's – when it's a time to when the ball is right there in your hands to go ahead and, and complete the turnover instead of letting it bounce off your hands and out of bounds and giving the other team another another uh, you know opportunity at it, they've got to be able to make the play when the play is there. So it's not really necessarily about being number one. They don't have to be they don't have to be the 49ers defense, but they do have to be a lot better than what you've seen, right? And, and be able to close out some games. And, and the perfect example is that Arizona Cardinals game week two in uh, in Allegiant Stadium. No reason why the Cardinals won that game. That defense should have been able to close them out, and the offense obviously should have scored more than three points in the second half. But do want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Let's go and talk to our good friend Raider 66. He wants to talk Jimmy G against the young defense. Uh, Raider 66, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning or good afternoon, uh, Q. I uh, hope your vacation was restful. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, and I just want to wish Raider Nation uh, a happy and safe Fourth of July tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go scientific on this one and be a bit of a contrarian. Nice. Uh, you're, if, if you're into numerology a little bit, remember the San Francisco Giants back in the uh, early 20s? Every even number, 2010, 12, 14, they yeah. would win the World Series. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy G's kind of got that thing going, too. In 2019, he played all 16 games. In 2020, and went to the Super Bowl. In 2021, he played 15 of the 16 and was a missed interception away from going to the Super Bowl. And now it's 2023. Mm. So if you follow that progression, maybe play. And, you know, all kidding aside, I think that with the offensive line being uh, having that continuity and they've got some of the young guys that got some uh, experience last year, uh, they can protect Jimmy. And I think everybody else being in the offense for a second year, they'll know it better. He knows it better so the ball can come out quicker. So that will lessen the, the uh, possibility of getting hit more. And uh, I think that there's a, a good possibility that he's going to play a vast majority, if not all, of the games. Now, that being said, in order for the Raiders to progress, the defense obviously has to get better. All right. Thank you, Raiders 66. Running out of time on hour number one, but great points. We'll talk about it on the other side. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.